would be randomly breaking out and dancing song. I'll get you going up there. Hey, um, we are continuing a series of messages called Christmas at the Movies, where we're, go look, we're, we're going to look at scripture, but we're not only going to look at scripture, we're going to take a look at some really cool movies and draw some, some of the principles from scripture out of that. Uh, today's movie uh, that we're drawing from is, of course, La La Land. The movie is a romantic comedy that takes place within the backdrops of Los Angeles, a city that's known to to have its make it or break it effects on people that are searching and reaching for their dreams. This guy, Sebastian, who's played by Ryan Gosling, is a kind of purist who wants to hold on to jazz. And then you got Mia, who is Emma Stone, who is this aspiring actress that nobody takes seriously, who, uh, who, who can't seem to get a break. And what they do is they chase their dreams. This movie is about chasing your dreams and the things that you have to let go of and the things that you have to do in order for those dreams to be success. And first of all, when I walked away from that movie, I walked away from that movie, you know, I'm a guy that does a lot of weddings, I perform a lot of weddings. So I walked away from that movie thinking, hey, I've got some new dance moves for the next wedding, so if you have a wedding, get ready because I'm going to bust the move at your wedding. I'm kidding, of course, or am I? Um, another thing that I walked away is, you know, of course, a few, a few piano riffs, but I also saw that there were a few, if you pay attention, there are a few lessons in this movie. Lessons, simple lessons in life that you know or that we come to know from Scripture. So I want to talk about those things in Scripture as we continue this Christmas at the movies. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to lean in and learn lessons of life that talk about what we need to do to pursue our dreams. I pray that you will speak to every one of us, especially anybody that might not know you or be separated from you today, in Christ's name. And everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad that you showed up. Scripture addresses different lessons in what it takes to, to uh, pursue what God has for you. Scripture addresses those things of 
if I could step into the picture and if I could step into that screen, I would tell them, well, the first thing that you guys need to do is you need to give your life to Christ. And once you do that, we can work out the other issues. But as we move forward from, from here, I want you to think about what you really want. I want you to think about what you really want from life for the next five years. And I also want you to think about what you want from life, maybe, maybe in 2019 or maybe for the next decade. I want you to think about what you really, really want. I want you to think about, just for a second, what you have been praying about. What is it that you want from life? What is it that you're praying about? What do you really, really need from God? Because here's what we have to understand. If it happens, it doesn't just happen. Did you get that? If, if, it, if it happens, well, it, doesn't just, it just doesn't just happen. If you're going to accomplish your calling, if you're going to pursue what God has for you in, in life. And, and here's the deal. Purpose in life and, and calling, you don't hear a lot about that unless you're in church. That's where you hear about these things. This destiny, the Bible says, God put destiny on the hearts. God put eternity in the hearts of, of, of men and women. So these things that we talk about, these are addressed from, from the standard or from the point of, of what the scripture has to say. These are topics that the Bible talks about that. But what, as we move forward in life, as we move forward, there are some things that I believe. And these are things that I, if, if I could sum up the movie, I could take a look at that movie and say, well, there's just, there's just two things that I draw from this. Number one, there are some things that have to be released in life. And there are some things that have to be seized in life in order for you to fulfill God's calling on your life, for you to accomplish your dreams. So let's talk about those two things. Number one, let's talk about things that need to be released. In the movie, we see that in order to obtain their dreams, in order for them to become successful, they had to let go of some things, some, some lifestyles, some relationships. There were some things that they had to, to let go of. Let's talk about them. These are things in life that were holding them back. In the same way, in order for you to go forward in what God has for you, you're going to, or you might have to let go of a few things in life that could be holding you back. What's keeping you from, what's keeping you from your dream job? What's keeping you from moving forward in a relationship? What's keeping you from, from obtaining what God has for you? What, keeps, what is keeping you from following Christ in your life? Do you feel like something is holding you back? If so, there might be something in your life that you need to let go of. In Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, We are surrounded by a great, and I'm, I'm reading from the New Century Version. He said, We are surrounded by a great cloud of people whose lives tell us what faith means. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. Look at this. We should remove from our lives anything that would get, that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. In other words, anything that is holding us back from accomplishing the things that we desire, from obtaining the dreams, from, from going after what you feel God has created you to do, anything Eliminate it from your life. Even if it's a sinful life, if it's a sin, if it's a habit, there are things that we have to let go of. So let me ask you a question. What's holding you back? What's keeping you from doing what you feel like God has called you to do? There's a story in the Bible that a young man approaches Jesus and he says, Lord, what does it take to inherit eternal life? And this is a passage, they called him a rich young 
ruler. He'd be a young guy that was, had been given a lot of authority. And Jesus looked at him and he said, well, what, you know, tell me a little bit about your life. And he said, well, I keep the commandments. I love my father and mother. And he goes on to be, give these lists of things that he's living, it seems that he's living for God. And Jesus looked at him as he always does. He's able to look inside of us and know what's going on. Imagine being faced with, with God himself in the flesh looking at you and you knowing probably on the inside of you what's holding you back but you putting on this front and saying well I've done this 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 and Jesus addressed the matter at hand and looked at this young man and said for you if you want to be perfect if you want to if you if you want to do what you're telling me that you want to do you need to go home and you need to sell everything in your house sell all of the things that you have give it to the poor and come follow me now, that's not for everybody, and he didn't tell everybody to do that. This guy had an issue. It wasn't that this, it, the problem wasn't that this guy had things, it's that his things had him. It wasn't that this guy had money, it was that his money had a grip on his life, that, and he couldn't let go of it, and to prove that he couldn't let go of it, Jesus looked at him and said, come be the 13th disciple. Think about that. Everybody else, everybody else, James and John, they were holding their nets and they were, they were fit, they had their own businesses. Jesus said, come follow me. The Bible says that they dropped their nets. They left their net. They just, okay, we're following the Lord Jesus. But this guy had something that was holding on to him that he couldn't let go of. You see, there are things in life that if we can't let go of, they don't release us and we can't walk in the fullness of God and what, what God has for us. Are there things in your life that's gripping you because you can't let go of? How about this? Is it fear? Is it greed? Is it insecurity that's keeping you back and holding on to you? What needs to be released that's sabotaging your destiny in God? What do you need to let go of that's sabotaging your destiny? It could be a lifestyle. It could be a sin. It could be a habit. It could be a relationship. It could be fear in order to take hold of what you want tomorrow, you might have to let go of something that you're holding on to today. Did you hear that? In order, to, in order to have, in order to grab a hold of what you want tomorrow, you might have to let go of something that you're holding on to today. If you want to own something tomorrow, you might have to curb your spending today. If you, want some, if you want a new house, if you need a nicer place to live, you might have to, to let go of something today in order to have that. If you want to have a career tomorrow, you might have to sacrifice a little bit of your time today to burn a little bit of midnight oil in order to advance yourself tomorrow. If you want a good spouse tomorrow, you might have to sacrifice a lifestyle of partying today. If you want a healthy body, if you want a healthy lifestyle tomorrow, you might have to release, you might have to let go of the foot-long cheese chili conies today, right? You might have to let go of those. You might, if you, you might have to let go of the hot fudge sundaes today. I had a good friend of mine, the true story, he could. He, he, said, he said, I can eat my height in foot-long cheese conies. He's no longer with us today. Seriously. But anyway, love that guy. You will always have to let go of something today in order to have what you want tomorrow. It's called paying a price. It's called sacrifice 
What needs to be sacrificed today, releasing something good today in order to have something great tomorrow because dreams don't come cheap. And if it is a dream that comes cheap, it's just a pipe dream. It's just, it's just a daydream. Destiny has a price. So what are those things that need to be released from your life today? Some things are actually people. Sometimes it's not a thing. It's a person. Let's talk about releasing people. John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, he lived to be the oldest of all the apostles. And when he was, he, you know, he finally would be end up exiled on an island. But he writes the Gospels, three little letters. And after spending 60 years in ministry, leading the New Testament church, launching that, walking with Jesus, of many years, he pens this in 1 John 2 and 19. He says, these people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong to us. I read this scripture years ago, and I'm Sometimes I wonder why God made me a pastor because there are things and certain issues in life that I have that most pastors don't have. And one of the things that, that one of the issues that I have is I don't let go of people very, very easily. I, I have this little thing that I have on my wall that says everything that I ever let go of has claw marks on it. I don't let go of things very easily. I was talking to somebody the other day that was like 28 years old, and he was telling me how old he was getting. I said, dude, I have shoes older than you. I have belts older than you. I mean, I just don't get rid of things. But one thing I had to learn to do is to let go of people. If I were going to pastor a church in a healthy sense, I would have to let go of people because a church loses just by atrophy. It loses about 10% of, of its congregation. In order, if you're going to be a growing church, you have to grow in excess of 10% every single year. You need to be growing five, you need to be growing 15 or 20% a year in order to sustain your growth because you're losing 10%. People relocate, people get new jobs, kids go off to college, people just change their minds about you and join other churches, whatever. You ha I had to learn to let people go. So here's what I had to do. I had to release people and let go of people that were in my life. Here's what I found out. Here's what I found out. When people are with you, because some people leave your life for the wrong reasons. When people are with you, they look for reasons to stay. But if people are not with you in life, they look for reasons to leave. Did you hear that? A lot of times, somebody will point their finger at you or what you do, and they will say, this is what's wrong with you. Well, the problem, it really isn't you. The problem is they want to leave. So when people are with you, they actually look for reasons. They look past those things that you have issues with because everybody got problems, right? Everybody got problems, right? Yeah. Everybody got issues. So, so somebody that's with you, they're like, well, you got problems, but we all got problems, and we're going to work through our problems. But somebody who's not with you, they look for reasons to leave you. I think I'm preaching to somebody today. Maybe it's me. In ministry... Or my personal life, years ago, I decided that I will never again ask another person to stay in my life. I will let that person go. I'm not going to talk another person in my life to staying around me. That's a little personal. And I'm not saying this for my sake. I'm saying this because I believe that there are people here that need to hear this. We need to stop asking people to stay in our lives when it's time for them 
to go. Let me read this again because he's actually talking about church, but I want you to associate this with your life right now, okay? Because maybe there's somebody in your life that, that I mean, that, that it's time for them to go. John 2.19 from the message says this. Now think about this from the context of your personal life. They left us, but they were never really with us. If they had been, they would have stuck it out, loyal to the end. In leaving, they showed their true colors, and they showed they never did belong. Listen to me. If you have given someone your best, and, you, and your best, and, and, and if you have given someone your best, and they can still leave you, let them go. And I'm making this uncomfortable for some people here. Is this too personal? I think that we need to hear this. This is something that I lived through myself. If you've given someone your very best and they can still leave you, let them go. T.D. Jakes. Everybody know who T.D. Jakes is? The bishop. He says this. Your destiny is not tied to a person who can walk away from you. Man, I needed to hear that a few years ago. Your destiny is not tied. God's got something better for you. It doesn't always mean they're bad people. Most of the time it does. It doesn't always mean... It doesn't always mean that they're bad people. It just means that the season that they're walking with you in in this life, it's over. And when it's over, it's over. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about people that are married. Don't get that twisted. You go home and work it out. Don't go home, get divorced because pastor preached the message today, okay? This has got nothing to do with marriage, all right, unless somebody left you. But but if you're here and you're like, oh, uh, you got to start stepping, pastor said look man quit quit using my name in vain taking my message out of context here we go it doesn't always mean they're bad people it just means that their time with you is over not everyone is called to walk through life with you not everyone is called to you for life listen there are seasoned or there are seasonal people that walk into your life and there are lifers in your life some people are in your life for a season it could be a couple of years It could be a couple of months. It might even be a decade. And then there are people in your life that are there for your lifetime. The problem is, is we don't know the difference. We need to understand the difference in the people that God places in our lives. And a lot of times, if they stay too long, if someone stays in your life too long when they should leave, they will rob your life and sabotage your destiny. Some people that want to leave, but you talk them into staying. Some people that need, to, that, that, that need to be released from your life, and you hold on, and you hold on, and you hold on, that person will eventually betray you. But that's a different message. Let go of people. I don't care what they've done for you. I don't care what they mean to you. I don't care who they are. I don't care all the plans that you've made. When it's over, it's over. Let him go. When it's over, it's over. Let her go. Listen to me. God has something better for you than a person who can love you and then leave you. Amen? If you want something better tomorrow, you might have to let go of it today. That's the first thing. There are things that you have to have to be released. Number two, there are things that have to be seized. That word "seize" isn't just that, that. That word "seize" isn't just oh. That word "seize" is like oh, oh, seize. I mean, grab a hold of it like it's getting away. 
There are some things that, there are some things that you know, some things you oh, don't, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this opportunity. There are things that need to be released from your life, and there are things that you got, hey, when you see it coming, you grab a hold of it, and you never let it go. Well, I guess I'll try. Well, I, I, I hope it works out. At some point, you got to grab life by the reins. At some point, you got to say, oh, oh, oh that, that's, I'm not letting this opportunity get away. You've got to seize that moment. You've got to seize that opportunity. In 1 Timothy 6 and 12, the Apostle Paul, look at the first word of what he says. He says, what does that word say? One, two, three. That's what he says. Fight. Now, we opened up the, the series, or we opened up the message with a little bit of dance and song, but he didn't say, Apostle, this is the Apostle Paul. Some of the last letters of his life, he was in prison during this. These are the last words of the Apostle Paul of, of serving ministry for a few decades, being beat to death, being stoned, being, being left for dead, being shipwrecked. He tells his apprentice, the, Timothy, he, he says, he doesn't say this, he said, dance and sing the good life of faith. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, fight, Timothy. Timothy, this, this, this life of ministry, you're going to be battling now. So here's what I want you to be. I don't, I don't want you to be a good dancer. Hopefully you are, but hey, I don't care about that. I want you to be a good fighter when it comes to this thing. Timothy, fight. Timothy, you're young and in ministry. Timothy, you're one of the first pastors. Learn how to fight, Timothy. Learn how to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And then he goes, take hold. Grab a hold of it and never let it go of eternal life to which you are called. Some things in our lives need to be seized. Some things, some opportunities, we need to, we need to be more aggressive when it comes to going after those things. Like he said, lay hold of them. Seize moments. Seize opportunities. I don't know about you few years in my life, a few years ago in my life, I come to this conclusion that I am tired of just hoping things will work out. Are you hearing me? I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe, but that's not enough. I'm not just going to pray and believe and hope. That is not enough. In fact, the scripture says that ain't enough. It says, because those things are faith. He says this. He says, faith Without works is dead. So pray and hope and believe all you want, but that's not that you should absolutely do that. That is a work of faith. Praying, hoping, believing, speaking those things in faith. That is a huge part of faith, but it's incomplete because faith is incomplete without works. So I'm going to work on what I'm believing God to do in my life. I'm not just, well, you know, I'm, I'm waiting on God. No, you're just being lazy. You, you wait on God, but waiting on God isn't wasting time. Waiting on God is preparing, prepping for the answer that is going to come. You're, wait, you're waiting on, a, on, a, on an opportunity. You're believing for an opportunity. You're believing for an advancement. But you're not just step, you know, held back you know, in your recliner saying, I'm just waiting on God. No, you're not. You're being lazy. You need to be working. You need to be preparing because when the opportunity comes, you don't seize it. You're not ready for it. You miss another opportunity in your life. 
I'm done with hope, just hoping things will work out. I'm going to work on the answer. I'm going to work until it's worked out. I'm going, to, let me say that again. I'm going to work until it's worked out. Say that with me. I'm going to work until, one more time. I'm going to work, that's right, that's right. We're not just going to hope and pray and believe. That's just, that's just part of what we're going to do. We're going to lay hold on this thing. If you're tired of missing opportunities, take hold of the next one that comes by. Right? If, you, if, you, if you're tired of the old life, then seize the new life. If you're tired about thinking about yesterday, then seize today in order for tomorrow to be different. Amen? I mean, let me say that again. If you're, if you're tired about thinking about the past, if you're tired of what you did in the past, if you're tired of dwelling on the past, stop thinking about the past Live in today. Seize today in order to have something better that God has for you tomorrow. Luke 9 and 62 says this. Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit. Everybody say fit. Fit is being prepared. Fit is being ready. A lot of times we take hold of something and we're not ready and we rethink and, and, and think, well, I, I, I just don't know. Really, you're not ready. Look at your name and say, you're not ready. If you can grab a hold of something that God has for you and then look back, change your mind, be insecure about it, you should have never grabbed a hold of it. Let that opportunity to go because you're not ready. He says, anybody that takes hold of the calling of God, anybody that takes hold of the plow, Anybody that takes hold to, 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 to uh, cultivate the plan of God in their lives and then says, wait, wait, I, 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 don't, I don't know. He says, you're not fit. You're not ready. A lot of times we don't take advantage of opportunities because, and we don't seize things because we're not ready. But we need to grab a hold of it, grab on, hang on, and stop looking back. That's how, that's how you seize and realize dreams in your life. I want to close with this. Romans 12 and 12 says this. He says, so take a new grip with your tired hands. I mean, if I could paraphrase that, I'd say, you need to get a grip. Take a new grip. You ever grabbed a hold of something and you ever grabbed a hold of a, a baseball bat and, and swung a couple of times and have to step back and get a different grip? You ever, have you ever played golf and you, 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 you're about to you know, square up or whatever? You know, hey, you need to get a better grip. Any kind of sports, you have to have a, the right kind of grip if you're going to be successful. Same kind of action happens in life. You got to get the right grip for that which you're seizing in life. And once you get the right grip, never, ever let go. Amen? Life is about releasing things that need to be let go of. Life is about seizing things and opportunities that God places in your life. I'm not trying to simplify life. I know it's much more than that. But if I could give you two words for advice, learn to release things and learn to seize things that God puts on our path. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for...
bringing us here today, for speaking to us. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to listen to your word. And I believe that you're speaking to people today. Wherever we are, whatever we face, whatever we're dealing with, God, I believe that you are speaking to somebody specifically. And I don't know exactly what that what you might be saying, but I know that you're talking to people today. So, so wherever we are and whatever we're dealing with and whatever needs to be spoken into our lives, I pray that that is exactly what happens. So Lord, will you do that? Will you speak to us? Will you minister to every person, whether, whether we live for you or whether we, whether we don't? Speak to every person today in Christ's name. As your heads are bowed, maybe you're here today and you live for God and he's Lord and Savior of your life. I want to pray for you first. As I always do, I'm going to pray two prayers. First, for those that that live for God, but God is speaking to you today about things that need to be released and things that need to be seized. And as I preach this message, God is dealing with you and maybe God's showing that to you in your mind. Maybe that's something or maybe that's someone. But as I, I pray right now, as God puts that in your mind, as he brings that to your memory, you know what it is. I don't just want you to pray about it. I want you to make changes in your life. Because as we are on the, on the edge of a brand new year, I want God to do something incredible in your life in this next coming season. But it's up to you to make those changes. So as I pray, just let God speak to you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for those that live for you are called according to your purpose. I pray that you will speak to every person. And Lord, if there are things in our lives that need to be released, I pray, God, that we begin to let those go. I, I pray, God, in a spiritual sense that we begin to let those things go. And then we don't stop there. We work on this. Lord, tomorrow we begin to make changes in our lives. What needs to be let go of? And we let go of it. And then we don't let another opportunity that you place in our path just go right by again, but we seize those opportunities. Enough hoping things will work out. Yes, we pray, we believe, we speak those things into existence in our lives, but that's not all we're going to do. We're going to work on it until it's worked out. What needs to be seized in our lives? I pray that we have the faith and the strength by your spirit to seize these moments, to seize these opportunities in our lives. It doesn't matter how young we are. It doesn't matter how old we are. Tomorrow is our better day. Tomorrow is a better day. And our best times are ahead of us if we seize these moments. In the name of Jesus, we declare it done. If you believe that, say amen. If you continue to bow your heads, as I said before, I pray two prayers. I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here and you don't know Christ, if he's not Lord and Savior of your life, for whatever reason that might be, maybe you can say, Travis, I have never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life, and today I really feel compelled, drawn to do that. Or maybe you can say, Travis, at some point in my life, I decided not to follow Christ. Maybe it's been recent. At some point I walked away from God, and I really feel like God is calling me home today. One of the things that we got to do is we got to release an old lifestyle and we need to grab a hold or seize that new lifestyle. And that could be exactly what God is speaking to you today. Is to grab a hold of him. And let him take you not only through this life, but into the next life. John 10.10 10 says, 
that he's come that we might have life in abundance. Not only in this life, but in the life to come. But you might have to let go of some things in this life in order to have what he has for you in this life and in the life to come. And if God is speaking to you today about that, and you feel like the Lord is leading you to come home to give your life to him, I'd like to lead you, give the opportunity to do that. I won't ask you to stand, walk the aisles, come down here. I just want you to pray right where you're seated, just like we prayed. But in order for me to pray this prayer, I need to know that I'm praying for people. So with nobody looking around between you, me, and God, you can say, Travis, I'm going to give my life to Christ. If you'll pray, I'm going to pray with you. Today's my day to come home. Quickly, just put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for people. See your hand right there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Travis, that's me. I see your hand right there. Your hand right there. You can put them down. Had a few up here. Anybody else? I don't, I don't see your hand right there. You can put it down. See your hand right there. You can put it down. Anybody else? Don't want to miss anybody. Okay, we're going to pray. And as we pray, if you're seated next to somebody you love or you're close to, that you feel comfortable praying together with that person, you might take that person by the hand. There's power in believing together. So as I pray, and you lifted your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me together. We're going to all say this prayer together. You're going to come home and you're going to give your life to Christ. Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm before you today. And I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you, to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and to wash me clean and whole by your grace. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you. Now take my life and use it for your cause. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate. People came home today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.